With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my hammers 11. Hope you are all safe and well. If you use channel, please subscribing, hitting the bell icon so you may have made to me put new content on. As always, like thank our lovely channel sponsors, Untuck It. Check about the description below. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Day. So I thought, what better gift than to give you another episode of Hammers in Hot Water? I've got to get a better name for that, but we'll keep it Hammers in Hot Water. We've had Savio, we've had Marco Boogers. And now we're going to be talking about one man, this man, Darnie. So obviously it's Euro season at the moment and, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is is emblazed everywhere, whether he's ripping off, you know, Coca-Cola wrappers and sending everyone to drink water or whatever. Um, And he's been in that position for a long time. But back in 1996, we had our own Portuguese superstar, this man, the man himself, set, the man himself, step, the man himself stepped forward, Daniel de la Cruz Cavallo, or just Danny to us. Um, so, so Harry was basically, to give you a bit of context, Harry was assembling this sort of Nations League of players, it seems, at West Ham. We had Bilic, we had Reaper, we had Ludo, we had Lazaridis, we had Slater, we had Harks, we had Dimitrescu, we had all these players. And, um, and we had a young, another player to add to this uh, ranks of these different nations. And in fact, our first ever Portuguese player to wear the claret and blue. And that was Mr. Danny or Danny. I'll, I'll interchange them going through. Now, at just 19 years old, um, he'd already made his debut for Sporting Lisbon uh, two years beforehand uh, in a team which included Luis Figo at the time. Um, and prior to joining the Hammers, he actually had also just received his first cap for Portugal, um, playing against England at Wembley. 
Um, and with sort of this increased sort of notoriety, having broken into the national side, Darnie wanted more game time, uh, something which I think has basically played his career. He wanted everything now. He didn't want a way to work for anything. Um, the manager of Sporting Lisbon at the time, Carlos Queiroz, obviously then went to Man United to, you know, coach um, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example. Um, he'd basically grown tired of this desire of Darnie wanting to find all this playing time basically um and ironically you know it was one it was actually at that game that one all game that that Redknapp was watching Danny and, and basically convinced the board to sign Danny you know put all the stops initially on loan uh but with a view to a permanent transfer and unlike many transfers then and and now the press never got wind of it all negotiations have basically gone behind closed doors, behind the scenes. There was no leaks, which was really unusual for the time and obviously for now, for example. Um, but it was felt that, you know, the hammers, for us to pull off this coup, and it was a coup, we needed to be secretive. Uh, if any other team had heard of these negotiations taking place, they may, may well have jumped in. Um, and basically, the club had hoped that that Danny would bring a, a new type of supporter into the into the club. I mean, the man was a professional model, um, and so that would naturally bring in more commercial opportunities. And in fact, I remember seeing when Danny had signed, definitely more female fans at the ground. Um, and actually, I remember because obviously the the program used to have a centerfold, <laughs> used to have a, a poster. And I remember seeing pictures of Danny, you know, in that sort of one of the, um, one of the programs stuck up around the corrugated sort of surroundings at Upton Park with like, with like, you know, chewing gum or whatever. I, I distinctly remember that. It was really, really, um, I, I can close my eyes and just see it. Particularly it was on the, it was on the North Bank, it was on the north lower, definitely. There was two, there was a, it was corrugated between the north and the west end. I remember seeing posters there and around the backs as well. Um, and, and you know, what was quite funny was he was in, Danny, he was a he's beautiful man, a model. He was complete contrast to his, uh, his striking partner, Dean Dowie, um, who the, the tabloids quickly um, sort of nicknamed the pair Beauty and the Beast. Um, which was exactly what the club wanted, and, and you know, to have this sort of notoriety, get the sort of this this idea of his, this, this beautiful man who plays for us. And indeed, Redknapp himself was somewhat taken back by his beauty, and so was Sandra, by the sounds of it. Um, I mean, he says, you know, my my missus fancies him, even even I don't know whether to play him or to f him. Thank you, Harry. I'll just agree with that for to make it family friendly um and, and indeed you know it was working uh, you know the signing of, of danny was was bringing in rewards the club had anticipated uh it was high high ticket sales commercial uh and media opportunities inquiries had increased however we needed some substance to this you know it was great that the interest but if he wasn't going to deliver on the pitch then he wouldn't have delivered you know it wouldn't prolong this sort of new wave and so danny's debut um tough one it was against our bitter rivals, Tottenham Hotspur, at their backyard at Three Point Lane. Some introduction for a young lad, particularly, thrown into the lion's den, literally. Um, but it worked perfectly for Redknapp. It was also on Friday night, I'm sorry, Monday night football as well. So it wasn't just the attending crowd watching him, but obviously millions at home. Um, and and Danny scored the winner, uh, heading the ball past Ian, Ian Walker in a 1-0 victory. Um, he was on the back of every newspaper the next day. Um, the experiment had seemingly worked in terms of West Ham. Uh, however, 
hence why he's on this show. Um, Danny's career would prove to be almost as short-lived as previous the uh, previous hammers in hot water um, subject Marco Boogers. Similar to Boogers, Danny hated training, and his teammates were, his teammates were becoming really frustrated at the lack of effort he put into sessions. Always trying to find an excuse to not attend. Um, and this sort of coincided with the emergence of people like Rio and Frank uh, Jr., who were both much harder working in training than Danny. So there was this sort of, you know, sort of them and us attitude in terms of how how they um, how they would train. And so it's, it's got the wind up a lot of players uh, in terms of his reluctance to trade. I mean, Danny still scored, he scored another goal against Man City away. I think it's Man City away, it might be Man City home, several weeks afterwards. Um, but, 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 but. A midweek, a mid-season trip to Spain pretty much sealed Danny's fate. Um, so he, he'd basically been given permission uh, to leave the team hotel one afternoon, but um, he hadn't reported back for training the following morning, um, and no one knew where he was. Redknapp comments about this, saying, you know, come 1.30 uh, p.m., that is, uh, there was no sign of him. We were relaxing by the pool and suddenly there's this tanned figure walking towards us, hair immaculate, sunglasses on, ever inch this film star. He couldn't or rather wouldn't give me any explanation. All the lads knew he'd picked up a bird, maybe even two or three, lucky devil. Um, but there was no way he was telling me. And that was the trouble with Danny. He he loved he loved the limelight more than the hard work. Um Back in Blighty, um, you know, another missed training session at home, um, coinciding with tabloid pictures of him in a nightclub the previous evening was basically the fire straw. Uh, they placed him in the stiffs um, <laughs> before his contract was cancelled by the club. Um, Danny had literally gone from hero to zero in a couple of months. He'd only made nine appearances for the club in, in his whole entirety. Um, but then, you know, that's that's where the... That's where sort of the, the story of Darney at West Ham finishes, but it carries on. I mean, despite, you know, he's fall from grace, he's, he's apparent fall from grace in the, in the national press, he was still picked to represent Portugal in the Atlanta summer games. Um, they lost in the bronze final, in the bronze medal game, quite convincingly to Brazil. Um, and he was, in that, he was in that squad with Nuno Gomez and, and soon-to-be Hammer Hugo Porfirio, the man who never saw snow until Wrexham away. Um, and, you know, those performances at the Olympics led Johan Cruyff to recommend him to Ajax. Um, and he signed for Ajax in the beginning of the 96-97 season. He was actually given Johan Cruyff's number, number 14, which is an iconic number for, for Ajax fans in the same way that number six is iconic for us. Um, again, he had a spectacular start to his career at Ajax, and then he basically quickly faded. Um, and, and never came close to the the billing that he'd he'd come with. Um, he was at Ajax for four years, made seventy just seventy two appearances. Um, it, it, it became apparent to looking through it that basically, Danny, it wasn't about the football; it was about the fame and adjuration that brought it. So he was falling out of love in football. That's the way I saw it. I mean, he then had a five game. Uh, a quick five game spell with uh, Jose, Jose Mourinho's Benfica um, before basically that fell apart and Atletico Madrid came calling. 
Um, Atletico were in the second division, um, and and Danny lined up against Fernand with, with Fernando Torres, who was who was at the that was his first stint at the club. Um, they gained promotion to the Liga in Danny's second season, Atletico, and then the end of the following season, he basically Danny hung up his boots uh, and retired at the age of twenty-seven, not through injury or fatigue, but he just fell out of love of football, fell out of love of game. He loved the adjuration more that football gave him, but didn't want to put the hard work in and dedication it needed to succeed in order to get the adjuration. So it was sort of a double-edged sword. You know, he liked the fame, but he didn't want to work for it. That's the way I, I've seen the whole Danny sort of situation. Uh, I mean, you know, following retiring at the age of 27, he basically went off the face of the earth. No one knew where he was. No one saw him uh, in the sort of the, in the limelight um, for a while. Um, and then he started to come back into Portuguese TV, um, a number of, sort of roles culminating, as always, everyone does, um, appearing on the Portuguese version of Strictly Come Dancing, where he basically was the host. So he sort of was the Bruce Forsyth of uh, Dança Comigo Noguelo. I probably pronounced that completely wrong. And and obviously the popularity of that show in the same way it's popular in the UK um, means that he's still somewhat in the limelight in, in Portugal in terms of um, being seen in a, in a famous capacity. But obviously he doesn't have to touch training every day. And that's the most, and that's and that's the way the sad thing about it. Um, and that's and that's a curious tale, the curious tale of Danny. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you have a lovely Father's Day for all those fathers out there. And uh, if you're not, have a lovely day anyway. Um, and we'll be back for another one. If you've got any suggestions, let me know in the comments who you'd like me to do next. Uh, we've got another couple lined up, but always, always looking forward for some more ones uh, so we can uh, keep this going because everyone seems to be enjoying this this series. So and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy going through all the research and, and finding it and putting all the pictures together and stuff. But anyway. Take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Get those jab appointments when you get your jabs, when you get your notifications from the NHS and whatnot. Come on, you irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. Much Podcast Network.